people. In order, the first time I was outside, she had a voice Voice. 
Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and oh, I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore, there was division among the Jews because of these sayings. Here we have two more of the I am statements that Jesus makes. Remember that there are multiple I am's. I am the way, I am the, the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the, the water of life, I am, you know, all of those things that Jesus proclaims himself to be. And he uses the terminology I am in reference to how God introduced himself to Moses. You remember Moses on Mount Sinai said, uh, the your Jewish people, the Israelites, they don't even know you anymore. Who shall I say sent me? And God says, say that I am sends you. I am that I am, the eternal present one. And uh, so Jesus proclaims himself, I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And we've looked at several of them thus far. And before and after all of the I am statements, Jesus does some miraculous thing to illustrate it. We'll look at that in a little bit. He, the two that we're looking at tonight, he says, I am the door, or I am the door of the sheep, and I am the good shepherd. And just to lay the groundwork a little bit as we look at this statement, We've talked about it many times, and yet it's a sheepfold is not a fenced-in area like a, a cattle uh, gathering. We, we've too, seen too many westerns, right? 
and they're all the cattle are going in and they have a fence built up around them or they have barbed wire and they have all kind of enclosures. Sheep are not like that. Uh, sheep don't necessarily need a fence. They, they need something stronger than a fence because they're stupid. Now what they will do with the sheep, they will either usher them into a box canyon, a closed off canyon, or we go to a cave. When we go over to, to Israel and we go to Bethlehem, sometimes we're able to get into Bethlehem, sometimes we're not. Any of you have been with us when we got into Bethlehem and went to Shepherd's Fields? It's a, it's a powerful time. Uh, there is a, a shepherd, there's a cave on the outskirts, on the hillsides of Bethlehem, where still to this day, shepherds <clears throat> move their sheep at night into the safety of a cave. There are many limestone caves around Bethlehem. And in the one that they have chosen as a site to retell the story of the shepherds, it's a very low-hanging cave. And what shepherds would do, because sheep, they'll scatter, they'll, it's tough to, the old expression is like herding cats. Well, it's just like herding sheep too. Of an evening, the shepherds will move the sheep into those caves. And then they, when, once the sheep are in there, they will build a fire at the mouth of the cave. You say, well, isn't that cold? Sometimes. But it's not about necessarily just warmth. It's about light and keeping the predators away. Because at night is when the predators like to come and they'll try and get the sheep that are near the fringe They'll try to get ones that's wandered off, and they will sneak in by night, the predators, and there are a wide variety of predators who like tasty little lamb chops. And, but the shepherds will herd the sheep into a cave, build a fire, and it does several things. First of all, the sheep won't go through the fire. They, they want nothing to do with fire. They're, they'll just eh, they'll just lay down and have a wonderful time. I was looking for it. I found it. I found it the other day. <laughs> well, it used to bob, but it doesn't bob anymore. I think I broke it. <laughs> so back in the back of the round of applause, the goodie bringer. There she is. There she is. Uh, they will get them back there. The sheep will just lay down and rest. Because they're not going anywhere. They want nothing to do with going through a fire. A bonfire. They want nothing to do with it. And so the, sheep, the shepherds can sit back and relax a little bit. They don't have to be watching every little move of the sheep. They can kick back a little bit, take a snooze, and the sheep are protected because the sheep will not go through a fire. 
why not? Why don't you think sheep like to go through fire? They get burned. They get burned. They may be stupid, but they're not dumb. You know, they, uh, they, they, don't, they don't want to get burnt. They don't want to singe their wool either. They don't want a thing to do with that. So outside, there are predators. There are mountain lions, and there are coyotes, and there are wolves. There are foxes, and there are all kinds of creatures that want a tasty lamb chop, but they won't go through the fire either. And so the barrier there becomes the door. The fire becomes the door that keeps the sheep safe and the predators outside. Jesus is using this as an illustration. He's saying to the people there, and everybody that would be listening to him would understand the principles of the sheepfold. I'm the door of the sheep. And... Uh, Basically, Jesus is saying, if you're going to get to my sheep, you've got to go through me. I like that. You, you predators want to get the sheep, you're going to, they're my sheep. And you keep your hands off. You've got to go through me. I'm the door. And so we want to look a little bit about this, this concept of the sheep pole and the door. And then we'll look at the Good Shepherd. Uh, predators are after the sheep. Now the Bible on numerous occasions calls us sheep. Can you think of any places where it talks about us being like sheep? You don't even have to know the address in the Bible. Just start the verse and we'll try to finish it with you. The Lord is our shepherd, right? Lord is our shepherd. So, we're the sheep of his pasture. What, any other places you find that we're compared to sheep? In Isaiah 53, uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We're Remember, Jesus was looking out over the crowd and he said, they are like sheep without a shepherd. <clears throat> and so numerous places in the scripture, Jesus refers to us as sheep. What are some of the qualities of sheep that make it like us? Not complimentary, really, stupid. but <laughs> stupid, you know, dumb, dumb, stupid, stupid sheep. Uh, you say, oh, they're just cuddly and cute. You obviously have not been around sheep. Uh, why are they so, why, what makes them so dumb? What are some of the stupid things that sheep will do? I saw a video. Guy pulled the, shepherd pulled the sheep up out of this, this, this gully. And the sheep was super excited. And he jumps up and he goes, boing, 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 turned right back into the... <laughs> Not the, not the brightest. <laughs> what are some other dumb things that sheep do? What is that thing when they fall on their side? What happened? Why do they do that? Like that? Yeah. Well, well, that's cow tipping. Sheep sheep do it too. Maybe it's goats. Huh? Maybe it's goats. Yeah. 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 
And sheep of the goats, the Lord separates sheep of the goats. Anything else stupid that sheep do. They won't really fight back against a predator. A, no. dog, a dog will kill them. They can be, the dog can be smaller than the sheep. But yeah, the, the, the dog will stab. The dog will get him in line. Have you ever seen a sheep dog? Uh, they will. They will. They won't bite him, but they'll. And the well, you know, they, they, they've never been hurt by the dog, but they'll they'll back away from him. What are some other dumb things that sheep do? That wander off. They just wander. <laughs> wander off. They're like uh, a kid in a candy store that, uh, or a toy store. Remember when you used to have the big toy store chains? Toys are us. You can lose a kid in there for weeks. <laughs> Without trying. And they, I mean, they just start wandering off and, and go their way. We're, the Lord and the Bible tells us we're like sheep. We wander off. We get distracted. What are some other dumb things that sheep do? They seem to be oblivious to everything around them. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, you've heard of a deer in the headlights. Well, a sheep in the headlights is even worse. Uh, they, they're just, uh, they're, they're on a different realm. They, they just, uh, they'll see something moving and they'll follow it. Yeah, yeah, this, this is a really dumb one. Have you ever read the book, a, a Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm? Any of you ever read that book? It's an excellent book. And it's a guy who was a shepherd uh, of, a, of a small flock, and he tells these insights about the sheep. Sheep are so dumb that he must lead them beside the still waters because... If it's a fast-moving stream, they will stick their snout in there and drown or start coughing because <coughs> so the sheep are just coughing all over the place. And <coughs> you dumb sheep. You know, they'll just stick their snout in there and uh, their snout is kind of angled up and it'll shoot right up and choke them. <laughs> He leads us beside the still waters because we're stupid. What, what, what else uh, will a sheep do that's kind of dumb? And they need a shepherd. Okay. Get stuck places? Like get trapped in like bushes and briars? Yeah, they'll get stuck. You remember the uh, story of Abraham and Isaac? Where was the ram caught? In the thicket. It, it's all around Mount Moriah. There are these huge thorn bushes. They're like this long, the thorns. And to this day, it's estimated that that's where the crown of thorns was made from, right on the Mount Moriah for Jesus. And uh, they are piercing and penetrating. But the sheep will get caught in things like that. They'll get off the beaten trail. And they're stuck. They can't go anywhere. Anything else that uh, sheep are kind of not the brightest animal. No big compliment being called a sheep. 
Well, I'm sure the shippers had to watch where they ate because I'm sure they just eat whatever. Yeah, they'll just they'll just eat anything. And if you know your westerns, I mean, you remember there was always a big battle between cattle ranchers and sheep farmers. Yeah. You know oh, why? Yeah, the sheep coming, bringing the sheep through the ranchers' land, man. Well, why would they be so and upset about it? They're still destroyed. They're like locusts. The sheep will eat everything down to the root. They go to the roots and pull them up and they're eat down them. Down to the root. And th there's nothing left for the for the cattle to graze on. So they don't want the sheep around. The other thing about sheep and their eating habits is that uh, they will they have a tendency to overeat. Uh, I don't want to go there, but they have a tendency to overeat, and then they will frolic, and they can die of a heart attack because they they just can't just can't take it. That's the reason he makes them to lie down right. in the green pastures. He leads them beside the still waters. Uh, he prepares a table before them. The enemies, the predators are all around, and he sends them to the right place to eat. Because growing wild throughout uh, the Holy Land, uh, there used to be, they've pretty well gotten rid of it, uh, hemlock grows wild. And uh, sheep, they don't care. Let's just have some, some hemlock and die, you know. The shepherd watches the intake of the food, what kind of food they're eating, what they're eating from. Oh, pretty berry. Poisonous, die. <laughs> so the shepherd has to keep an eye on the food supply. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it is true <coughs> that at slaughterhouses for sheep, they have what is called a Judas goat. Have you heard this? Yeah. Okay. And they will have the pens, and they will have a Judas goat. A, a goat will lead, and the sheep will just follow the goat. It's not a sheep, but they don't care. It's moving. They'll follow it. <laughs> and they'll bah, and they'll just go along the trough there. And and uh, at the end, right before the slaughter area, where they're going to become lamb chops, they pull the Judas goat to the side. And the sheep just keep walking and become dinner at a fancy restaurant. They're willing to follow anything. And uh, just not the brightest group of uh, animals. They need a shepherd. Yeah? Now, I'm assuming, really to be right to assume that when Jesus talked about sheep and us being similar to that, that he was applying all these characteristics in a roundabout way to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, would that be safe in assuming that? Not just a Jesus general as a shepherd taking care yeah. of, but also, I'm not only taking care of animals, I'm taking care of some pretty, 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 pretty dumb animals yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we need to give these animals some attention. <laughs> yeah. Left on their own, they're going to die. The predators are going to get them. 
They're not smart enough to go into a cave and build a fire. They're smart enough to stay in there when the fire's built, but they need a shepherd. They can't build it themselves. They just roam around until the, the wolf comes or one of the other predators in the region would come, tear them to shreds, and they're dead. Jesus, throughout the scriptures, as I mentioned in Isaiah, since Jesus is the living word and he was there writing the word, he's God the Son, he wrote through Isaiah, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him prophecy about Jesus. We're going to be talking about that Sunday morning. The, so the, the distinctives of sheep. Now what are the benefits of sheep? Lamb chops are good. <laughs> <laughs> lamb chops, I, I don't know. The only lamb I've had is in uh, uh, a, uh, what is it, honey, the, no. Gyro? Gyro, Gyro. They had it when we were at Celeb and they had lamb. Yeah, they had lamb when we were there. I don't know what they called it. Leg of lamb. Leg of lamb. Yeah. It's good. <clears throat> yeah. And the lamb was a, a, a clean sacrifice. They were to take a lamb without spot and without blemish as a sacrifice, a symbol. And when Jesus appears, behold the Lamb of God. And so he took on our form, but not our stupidity. He took on our form, but not our sin. He was in all points like we are yet without sin. And so the, yeah. I think that sheep know the voice of their shepherd. Yeah, we're going to get to that part. Oh, you would ask for good names. Yeah, that's okay. a good thing about sheep. And they, uh, they can be trained. Now they're not, we don't know of any sheep that are really, you know, rocket science level sheep. But they can be trained and they can be herded, but they need attention. Left to their own devices, they're just like us. If it's just you and me out there, we're going to probably do something stupid. How many of you on any given day can do something stupid without hard, hardly trying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did today. You know, you know, don't have to work at it. No. Don't have to plan for it. Just kind of comes. Stupid seems to come natural Absolutely. to God's sheep. Yeah. So uh, we'll look at some of the other positives of the sheep. Huh? The wolf. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the sheep shearing, uh, and Jesus also uh, refer is referred to in Isaiah 53 as the sheep before its shearers is dumb. <laughs> it spells it right out. It's talking about quiet. Uh, so you know, the Son of Man will not speak in his own defense. Sheep shearers, uh, if they know how to do it well, the sheep don't mind it. They, they'd rather be rid of the heavy 
wool that gets caught in things. The uh, One of the things I first noticed the first time we went to Israel was how ugly the sheep were. Yeah. I mean, they were they were ugly, scrawny-looking yeah. things. But uh, good wool, I guess. So the thing about the door of the sheepfold, Jesus is the door. He is the protector of the sheep. The sheep are not the most brilliant animal. They don't really fight back. They just run. And sometimes they'll run into more trouble. If they get separated from the, the flock, they're in really big trouble. And predators are out there. And there are predators out there for God's sheep, you and me too. There, you are on Satan's hit list, child of God. You're on Satan's hit list. What are some of the things that Satan would love to do to you as one of God's sheep? He wants to set up roadblocks in your life, dig pits for you, so you stumble. Now, he cannot take you out of God's hand. But you can be a dumb sheep and leave God's presence. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. The, the concept here is that the predator uh, wants to come against and destroy you by making you stumble and fall. He can't take you out of God's hand, but he can make you stumble and fall and lose your witness. What are some other ways that Satan is after God's sheep? Illness. He wants to come at us through illness, through all kinds of attacks, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual attacks. He wants to scatter the sheep. Yeah. He wants to cause fear to be in the sheep. He doesn't want you secure in Jesus. He wants you to... There are predators out there. Yeah. That, that is absolutely textbook of uh, demonization. They, they'll, they'll single, kind of single you out. They'll, they'll, they've been studying you for decades. They know your weak points. They set and lay traps. And then the more you fall, the more you feel like a hypocrite and embarrassed. You then begin to separate yourself from God. And the first thing we should be doing is turning back to God right away, regardless of how shameful or embarrassed we feel. But our inclination is to turn away, and then he separates us from other people in isolation. And then that, that isolation brings uh, fear. And man, he just, and he's, he's played the long game too. He's won the whole off and slowly kind of work away at, at you know, that slippery slope. Yeah, he, uh, if you go one-on-one -on -one with the predator, the devil, who do you think is going to win? The devil. The devil is. Say, so, well, but I'm mighty in Christ. Yeah. In Christ. 
The end is the key phrase. But on your own, on my own, I'm no match for him. He's taken down bigger predator. The predator of our soul attacks. He uses other people, yes, in situations. How well God the church and, and uh, just feel good uh, rather than conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the very subtle ways we were talking this morning in the Proverbs, and I, I don't know about anybody else, I'm enjoying our study on Proverbs, mm-hmm. and it talks, it was talking today about the, well, let me get the scripture. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Uh, put away from you a deceitful mouth and a mouth that speaks half-truths of deceit. And we were using the old Western illustration, pale face speak with forked tongue, like a serpent. And the serpent came in the garden, did he not? And deceived Eve with half-truths, partial truths. And sounds partially good, but it's totally wrong. And Satan wants to sneak in. You notice in the scripture that we read earlier there in, in John 10, it says the people that are trying to get at the sheep are thieves and robbers, and they sneak in. They won't go through Jesus. They're going to try and sneak around some other way. Right. They're going to try and sneak in some other way to get you one-on-one, isolate you from the flock. It's it's classic uh, backsliding to isolate you from the brothers and sisters in the flock. And when Satan has you isolated, he's going to come after you. Uh, Satan hates you. He doesn't want you as a buddy. He wants to destroy you. Or he wants to destroy your witness and your walk. How else do these spiritual predators attack God's sheep? Yeah. Through false theology that will get you either obsessed with like one particular secondary issue that, that you're totally focused on or, or just even something small it sounds good to you. You know mm-hmm. what sounds pleasing to you, kind of what you would like. And so if he can get you <coughs> to believe that, man, that even a just a small deviation over a long period of time is yeah. is a huge, huge difference. Yeah, we we've looked at it the, the I don't know the exact statistics off the top of my head. Because I'm just a dumb sheep too. But if a missile is launched to go to the moon and it starts off less than one degree off its course, it will miss by 10,000 miles from the earth to the moon. If you're off just a little bit, you can miss the mark. Satan doesn't care if you're going someplace. He just wants to detour you off the right path so that you're and you're leading others with you to go astray and 
people say, well, I don't see what the big problem is. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Well, there are some things that are not a big deal. But if it's something that leads us into false hope or a second-rate view of salvation or leads us to believe we can do anything we want without consequence, you're going to lead others astray too. The enemy is not your friend. He doesn't want to get to you to buddy up. He's sneaking in in other ways. Now, what's the mark of how do people sneak in places? Uh, how do you sneak in? Under the cover of darkness. Okay, darkness is usually a good thing. When no light is present, except our, our vandals, they, they chose to steal the copper out of the well-lit uh, unit right outside the door here. But otherwise, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And they sneak under the cover of darkness. And if we're not showing the light of God's word into a situation, people can sneak in with dark theories and thoughts that will lead you astray. How else do people sneak up on others? Through the back door. Through the back door. They try and find another way in. Jesus says, I'm the way in. He double dog dares Satan to come at him. He says, if you're going to get to my sheep, you've got to go through me. Well, he doesn't want to deal with Jesus. So he's going to try and sneak in another way. He's going to get Eve off by herself. And let her get to listen. When did Eve really sin? When she started listening to the deception. She was on a slippery slope. It's not our job to see how close we can get to sin without falling into it. We need to avoid it. So, the enemy is out to go after the sheep. We are the sheep. We are not that bright. I know that goes against all of the modern <coughs> theologies and teachings out there. We are this and we are that and we are mighty and uh, it, I was listening to somebody the other day I'm going through some stuff for, for these lessons and people were on there I proclaim this. Oh that's wonderful. But you know what? That doesn't make it so. It's a big move right now. Have you heard this? Any of you heard what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I proclaim this. I proclaim that, that there's nothing that will come against you. And people are liking this on Facebook. I proclaim that there's not a sickness that can come against you. Okay. Well, that's funny. People are still getting sick, aren't they? Even believers. It's like somebody saying oh, they're sending good vibes. Yeah. Like, what, what, what is a vibe? There's no such thing as a vibe. That's not a vibe. <laughs> good vibes. I'd rather you send me a meal. It's because they think their words have power, like God can speak and yeah. bring things to be. Yeah, they're into this um, a mindset. They may not call themselves the hyper faithers, but, but they're speaking things into existence by their proclamations. And irrespective of the fact that what they're saying doesn't come to pass, 
They don't let that stop them. Oh no, no, no. Predators are on the attack. And they want, under the cloak of darkness, of, of not being in the light of God's word, of sneaking in, trying to get people separated from the flock of God. They want to go around Jesus. Because when you confront them with what Jesus has to say, they lose. Their lives are exposed. But uh, they get three or four people to agree with them. They'll write a book and sell a billion copies. And people say, oh, isn't it wonderful? No. You mean you don't? No. Predators are attacking the sheep. And could I see the hands of all those who are God's sheep here tonight? You are in the crosshairs of a devil who has brought down bigger people than you and me. And successfully. Case in point. So we're approaching Easter and Good Friday. We have an individual who walked with Jesus for three years. They camped out together. Every time Jesus was teaching, he was there. He was a witness. If you study the scriptures, he was a witness to every major miracle that Jesus did in the flesh. But yet Judas fell. Judas, Judas chose a different path. He, he became, we're not sure exactly, it says the devil entered into him. You say, well, how is that possible? I don't know how it's possible, but I just know it is possible. Well, I mean, you see, leading up to that, he was disingenuous. I mean, he's, he's taking the money, right? I mean, so we already know that, that, that he wasn't, either he wasn't completely sold on this thing, or he was looking at it more from that worldly perspective of Jesus actually physically taking over, beating the Romans, setting up a government, and then he would prosper, and, you know, because of that, you know, so. All kinds of theories about Judas, but here's a guy. I mean, you can't have a better pastor or teacher than Jesus. And I know people who say, well, I just would see a miracle like that. He saw them all. <clears throat> right. Every one of the biggies. First miracle came in Galilee. The disciples were all there. Lazarus, Pool of Bethesda, wherever they go. <clears throat> Demon-possessed people, lepers, the disciples are with him. Yeah. He was also one of the 70 or 72 that Jesus sent out. They went out with power and authority over demons. He was involved in the ministry. And yet he allowed himself to become vulnerable. Your predator, your devil, the Satan, he is after you. He's after God's sheep. He wants us to fall. <clears throat> He wants us to be ineffective. 
He wants us to be less than what we can be in Christ Jesus. So, Jesus says, I'm the door. You want to get to my sheep, you go through me. That's the reason we need to get as close to Jesus as we can get. Amen. Because Satan's afraid. <clears throat> he thought he had one one there for a while until the third day showed up. And Jesus conquered even death itself. Jesus said, if you want to get my sheep, you'll have to go through me. We have a good shepherd, don't we? Yeah. We have a shepherd. And he is standing between us and our adversary. And the scripture is clear time and time again. It's telling us, you know, submit yourself to God. Get close to Jesus. And then you can resist the devil. And what will happen? He'll flee from you. Not because you're you. And that's the the deception of this false teaching today is because I've said the right thing or I have mighty faith. No. It's because you're close to Jesus. And Jesus said, you're getting my sheep over my dead body. And even my dead body's going to rise up and bring victory to my people. The Satan wants to separate the sheep from the sheepfold. I've watched it over the years, and it's a scary thing. What are some of the reasons that people will give for not being faithful to the Lord's house? To receive preaching, teaching, and fellowship. What are some of the excuses to give? I don't need to. I can... I can Worship God on my own. Or I just worship God on my own. Hypocrites. There's too many hypocrites in the church. Church hurt. What's my What's my one line that I use? There's always room for one more. Join us. Yeah, church hurt. People all the time use, you know, this idea they've been hurt by the church, somebody in the church. Yeah. And some. Really have yeah. been hurt. I've been hurt. I've been hurt horribly. But there's a huge swath of people in my generation that say things like, you know, well, I was abused in the church, and then when you you're careful, you kind of dig a little bit, ask them some more questions, or willing to, if they want to talk about it. You find out the youth pastor one time told them that they can't dress like a hooker. Like, <laughs> you have to be abused. Or you should have sex before you're married, and so they'll say they'll they'll, they'll say that's abuse, and then they, when in reality they know better, and it's just an excuse they use, they, they, you know, justify them not going to church. Yeah, it, it uh, Satan is behind every effort to separate God's sheep from the sheepfold. How many times we've quoted the scripture that said, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, and so much the more. Do it even more as you see the, the end times approaching, the end coming. 
the day approaching. This is a time where we ought to be getting as close to him as we can. Because how many of you noticed the world is not afraid of you? Have you noticed? Have you noticed how many think society is scared to death of you? One of God's sheep. Uh, government is fearful of you. You just send terrors down the governmental and the legal. They're scared to death of you, aren't they? No. And it's getting worse and worse and worse for the Christian. More and more defeats. If you recall, I'm not doing the I told you so thing, but I did tell you so. The when everybody was rejoicing and shouting the victory when the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And I said, folks, it's not over. It is not over. It's an end run. The enemy's gonna do an end run. And so state after state after state after state. And Ohio, a seemingly a conservative state, walked right into it. And immediately following that, we legalized marijuana and drugs. What's next? There's a lot of things that are next. Mm -hmm. Because it's not the, the world is not afraid of the sheep. We need, we need to be gathering together in the sheepfold, getting as close to Jesus as we can get because they are afraid of Jesus. But we don't have the authority to speak in his name if we're not abiding with him. So, so the first I am statement is... I am the door. He wants to protect you. He is not wanting you in the sheepfold for other reasons. Some people want you in the sheepfold for numbers or finances or whatever. That's not why Jesus, he wants you safe. Aren't you glad? Jesus wants me safe. <clears throat> We live in a terrible time, a terrible world right now. Everything's under attack. But Jesus wants to keep his sheep safe. Can I get somebody to look up and read for me? Hebrews 10, 19-25. Who would be willing to do that? Okay, Marcia Scott. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us, through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Great advice. And that was 2,000 years ago. 
Yeah. It's even better. The coming of the Lord is even closer now than it was then. And he's saying, you need to encourage one another. You know, it's tough to encourage people if you don't see them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, and we need to get together. We need to get the. I remember, how many of you remember when we were, we did about a month or so oh. where we, we didn't have services. Horrible. Uh, it was the worst. Yeah. It was terrible. It was depressing. Yeah. You think it's depressing sometimes when when we just have a few people. When I'm looking out and preaching to just the worship team and the puppets that we set out to mimic some of the other people. <laughs> Sleeping on the third, you know. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was funny. I had to keep from laughing, but, but it got to the place that I had some of the deacons say, "Can we come? Can we come too?" Well, sure. And after they started coming, I said, "Sit, sit out of sight of the camera. We want to try and be good, assembly God people here. Right. Not get in trouble with the higher ups." And then, then we said, "This is stupid." Why are we hiding from the camera? Let's just, we'll just tape off the pews. Remember that? We taped yeah, off we the pews. So you, we, we did right. due diligence. We had hand sanitizer That's right. all over the place. We didn't use anointing oil anymore. <laughs> we used hand sanitizer. Smack people on the forehead. And, and we didn't hold hands. And we oh, didn't have no fellowship no. times. And oh. well, it was awful. <laughs> it was just awful. But it was still way better than not coming. Yeah. Man Almighty. And uh, there's just something about getting together with God's people. Yeah, Amen. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Spending time praying for one another around the altar. Sometimes it's not even anything super spiritual. Sometimes the sheep just get together and graze. I think that's spiritual too. Yeah. We did that the other night out, out at. Uh, at the Golden Corral. We just grazed all evening. And we, amen. 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 We just grazed there. Amen. And it was a, it was a good time. And we, we, we prayed and that's about it. But sometimes the sheep just need to graze together. And then we bond a little uh, a little talk back and forth, kid around with each other. It's a good time. We need each other. Yeah. And you know something, if you're not if you're not here meeting with other Christians, who are you meeting with? Like, part of coming to church and being involved with a body of other believers is it's a, a built-in uh, friends. It's built-in friend zone here. You know, like, I don't have friends that aren't Christians. I have acquaintances. There's a few people that I... I try to be their friend because I'm, I'm trying to witness to them. But I don't have any close friends that are, you know, sold out believers. And so if you're not here hanging out with other Christians, who are you hanging out with? Who's influencing you? I mean, that's, you know. It, it's, uh, it's important. He, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. And if the devil's going to come after you, he's got to go through me. Unless he sneaks in other ways and singles you out and gets you 
off someplace and messes with you like he did Eve and like he does other people. Uh, there was an old, old chorus. It's the only kind I know anymore. Uh, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the water, saved by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. It's a, it's a great time. It's a great time. Other ways to get to the sheep, we see that in the in the scriptures. Separate, sneak in, false, deceitful teaching. Then Jesus goes on in the same chapter, he does a second I am statement. He's already said, I am the door to the sheep. I want to keep my sheep safe. Aren't you, can you just praise God along with me? Yeah. Jesus wants to keep you spiritually safe. Yeah. He doesn't want you to be a casualty on the devil's hit list. He loves you. He cares for you. Yeah. He died for you. He doesn't want to lose you. Amen. He, he doesn't want to see you wounded, limping, and hurt. Right. He wants to protect you. Yes. And so we need to gather in the sheepfold. But then Jesus goes on and says, I am also, not only the door, I'm the good shepherd. Now that lets us know there are some not so good shepherds. <laughs> there's, there's, he's the good shepherd. And then he talks about the heart of hirelings. What are the characteristics of our good shepherd that we find here in this portion of scripture? He gave his life for us. He gave his life. He laid down his life for a sheep. He came to die for us. He's, he's not in it for how much fleece he can get out of us. He didn't come to fleece you. Right. He didn't come to get something from you. He came to give you eternal life. It says there, first of all, he knows his sheep. Think about that. Jesus knows you. His sheep. He knows everything about us. Amen? Amen. He knows you better than you know yourself. He, know, he knows what you need. He knows what will destroy you. He knows his sheep. It then goes on and says, He speaks to his sheep. He, they know his voice. Amen? Yeah. How can we begin to learn the voice of our good shepherd? Be still. What? Be still. Be still and know that I am God. As we're, as we're praying, we also are listening. As we're studying God's Word, we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us and reveal Jesus. Yeah. There's not too many of us that have had the experience of an audible voice of God. At least, been my experience. Uh, not my experience, but some have. Not... I haven't got that one. Uh, I'd love to have that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna follow him, and I can hear his voice as I study his word. I, I can hear the gentle voice of Jesus calling to come unto me, 
All ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy. He wants to get close to you. He knows his sheep. He speaks to his sheep. How many of you have had the Lord just speak to you through his word or by his yeah. Holy Spirit? Yeah. And you know it was a God thing. Yeah. God spoke to your heart through the word, through teaching, through uh, sometimes a song. God will speak through it. It also says he leads them. What does that tell us about the good shepherd? He will lead us astray. He will not lead us. He will lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now his leading may cause us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But you don't need to be afraid when you're following him. He's going to lead you through it. He's going to not just lead you to it and forsake you. He's going to lead you through it. And in order for him to lead us, we have to follow him. Amen? Yep. There's a children's chorus years ago. Follow Jesus, I will follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I will follow. Follow Jesus. Oh, you're looking at me. Okay, <laughs> I know too many songs. And you don't know any of them. Okay. I was, I was burned this morning with an old spiritual. I don't, I don't think I saw a single hand go up. <laughs> oh, it was good though. <laughs> An old spiritual that the missionaries, the Quaker missionaries taught the, the slaves. They taught them scripture, how to speak English through the scriptures. And they would make songs out of the scriptures. Children keep in the middle of the road. Children, keep in the middle of the road. Don't you look to the left, don't you look to the right, but keep in the middle, in the middle of the middle, keep in the middle of the road. And it just talked about staying right in line out of Proverbs chapter 4. Um, and it also says, he knows them, he speaks to his sheep, and they know his voice, as was mentioned. They know his voice. We need to learn how to discern the voice of Jesus versus the noise of other things. Yeah. <coughs> what are some things Jesus is not going to tell you to do? Anything that is, is moral, unethical, or unbiblical? If it's contrary to his word, you're not hearing from Jesus. Well, I really believe God told me this. Well, you'd be the first one in creation because it's not in the book. Uh, he's going to lead you. He's not going to lead you astray. He's going to lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads them. They follow. He we, hears their voice. He loves his sheep. He intercedes for us. He's, he's always doing something for his sheep. He's leading them, guiding them, protecting them. He's watching over them because he, he loves you. 
He loves you, his sheep. It's not a job to him. He's not doing it because somebody made him do it. He says, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came to die. As we enter into this, this Easter season, this season of, of Lent, where we're thinking about the sacrifices of Jesus, realize this, he didn't have to. Right. He willingly came. He willingly suffered. He willingly died for us because he loves us. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus loves you. Would it be too much for us to sing the children's song? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Oh, Pastor Kid, that's so simplistic, so child, childlike, not childish. He loves you with an everlasting <clears throat> love. They know his voice. We need to learn to distinguish the voice of the, our good shepherd from the other voices that would try to lead you astray. Seventh, he lays down his life for his sheep. By his choice, he came to die for us. Whoops, what happened? Your boy. Come again. Oh, we've got a little warning label. Get up, oh, it's gone. Now we've looked at the characteristics of a good shepherd like Jesus. And Jesus, when after his resurrection, he <clears throat> appeared to the disciples and he especially spoke to Simon Peter. And what did he commission Simon Peter to do if he loved Jesus? Feed, sheep. feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Not just the the grown-ups, but the kids too, the little lambs. And uh, so we as earthly shepherds, pastors, are to have the characteristics of the good shepherd. Now, we're not going to lay down our life, but we will sacrifice much to bring the gospel truth to the sheep. But let's look at the characteristics of a hireling Shepherd. Now, what is a hireling by definition? Someone paid to do a job. They're just paid to do the job. They have no vested interest in the sheep. They don't own them. They don't get any of the wool. It's just a job to them. It's a nine to five. And uh, you got a problem after that, it's your problem. 
You know, we don't care if they're saved in the sheepfold. My time's up. I'm going home. Pay the same either way. Yeah. Huh? Pay me the same either way. Yes. It's kind of like a kind of a unionized uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, shepherd society. You know, we only do certain things. Well, what are some of the characteristics of a bad shepherd, a hireling style of shepherd? What would be some of the marks that Jesus tells us there of a hireling? He sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep. Yeah. He sees trouble coming and says, You're on your own, boys. I'm going. I'm bye, lamb chop. Yeah. Hope it's hope it's a good day for you. Uh, he's not gonna stand in the way of the enemy, the predator coming. He's gonna take off. When the going gets tough, he goes. He goes. <laughs> He doesn't do the other. He, he, he doesn't care about the sheep. It's just a job. It, it's, there's no compassion there. There's no relationship. He doesn't really know the sheep because he doesn't want to know the sheep. It's just a job. Have you ever come across a earthly pastor that just doesn't care for the sheep, just you know, I, I sadly have uh, individuals that uh, they really don't care they really just don't care hmm. and I, I have seen I have seen congregations just destroyed and, and the people are wounded and hurt because they're like sheep without a shepherd because they don't care. There was one uh, fellow that, a pastor who, he and his wife, they were kind of at war with some of the people in the church and, and uh, they wouldn't talk to them when they came in. They would just walk away. And, and just, uh, it's a hireling attitude. They don't know the sheep, and they don't want to know the sheep. What are some other characteristics of a hireling shepherd? <coughs> Jesus tells us here, some of them. It takes off when the, when the predator comes. Yes, they just don't care. They don't care. <coughs> they, uh, they don't care if the predators come and get the sheep. They don't protect them. They don't turn the light on to keep the, the dark from penetrating. So this whole concept of the hireling, well, what would your, be your guess as to how Jesus feels about the hireling show? <laughs> they're they're, they're they're fake. They're imposters. Like that would, I'm sure that get, that's gives him some righteous anger. I mean, yeah. it's just. I mean, we know that when somebody says something that they're not, you know, or that they're 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 in a position, and you know they don't really do the job. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know the feelings we get when we see someone like that. Jesus sums it up in <coughs> verse ten of chapter ten. The thief 
he equates them to thieves, does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. It's the end game of what Jesus came to do for his sheep and what others do for the sheep. <coughs> They're just a number. They're just a, a statistic. They're just a dollar sign. But not to Jesus. You are not just a number to Jesus. How many of you have ever experienced that impersonalization of our age where you have to call up to get some information or something and all you get to give is a series of numbers that dictate who you are and why you're calling. You don't have the right pen. <laughs> I can't talk to you. I, I can't talk see to your you. account, but no. I'll can't talk to you. You missed a digit there somewhere. <laughs> but my name is, I don't care what your name is. <laughs> That's right. You're missing a digit. <laughs> You're missing a digit. I was on the phone this afternoon, and I don't know why they decide to put policy numbers in ultra-fine print. <laughs> but I've got a magnifying glass out to try and... Now, what is your number? And I gave it to him, so that can't be right. It needs to have this many numbers, and you had one less digit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when you're reduced to just being a number, when you go into a doctor's office and they want all of your cards and they don't know your name but they know your number it our age is just kind of dehumanized didn't any of you grow up in a time where you knew everybody around your neighborhood you knew your neighbors you knew people at church whatever but there's there's a kind of a dehumanizing impersonalization today not with Jesus he knows your name he knows you he cares about you now Jesus talks to him about yeah I just wanted to mention you had said something about how God sees Jesus sees us as an individual and one of the interesting things about near death experiences on, on top of, you know, there's certain similarities, and one of which is that time and time again, I read in these accounts, people say that when they saw Jesus, they felt like they were the only person in the universe, that all of God's love was completely focused and centered on them, and that there was no one else, that they were the most special, the greatest, um, that God loved them the most, you know, like that was their, it got, our God is so personal that everybody who's encountered him in that way has come across and said, he made me feel like I was the only one in the universe. I heard a teaching one time based on that concept Notice that 
Jesus does not say, well done, good and faithful servants. Servant, the individual. When we get to meet him, we're not going to be ushered in in a mass crowd. Oh, there may be billions of people there that have received Jesus, but he knows your name. And he's going to give a personal well done. And he will give to you a crown of life. It's the personalization of Jesus in eternity. He has the capacity to be the great and mighty God, and yet he knows you. Yeah, you know what? That's so countercultural, too. Every other worldview or religion, even theistic ones, like the Jews, God is this being far off now. Uh, Islam, God doesn't love sinners. Um, in, in all your new agey kind of religions, it's a completely impersonal force. So, like, Christianity stands out in so many ways that as being completely wholly unique. You're not lost in the crowd. There's a great cloud of witnesses, but he names every one of them. <laughs> Amen. So, we're going to stop there tonight. I didn't realize we were past time. We'll not get to the, the division that happened after Jesus taught this simple truth about the sheep and the good shepherd. People didn't like it at all. And they were ready to pick up rocks and stone him right there. And all he did was say, I love my sheep. The sheep hear my voice. Stone him. Get him out of here. We can't have that kind of stuff going on. We'll pick that up next time as we get back to John chapter 10. Well, let's uh, take a moment here and lift up some prayer needs tonight. I mentioned these this morning. Sierra Keith, uh, has a bug has hit their house and several of them were sick, throwing up all night. And she just had that major surgery uh, in the intestines and everything. She really doesn't need that. And so be praying for Sierra and the family. Gary, the brother of Terry Stewart, is advanced cancer and concerned about his daughter who's expected. And she was taken to the hospital uh, yesterday as well. <coughs> uh, Jay uh, Doling's mother uh, is on the brink of death out in Oregon. He's not going to be able to be there for her, uh, just can't make it, so he's asking us to pray for the family. Other prayer requests today? Unspoken. Unspoken request? Oh. Yes. Uh, Tim's uh, niece, Tammy, uh, shattered uh, right leg, mm -hmm. amputated uh, a couple of the knees. She's got mm -hmm. a lot of health issues. 
Um, they had to take her back in and put some type of drain in it. Um, she is a Christian. She's a believer. But just prayer that uh, that, that would heal. And Who is this? Unsaved loved ones, we want to pray for them. I want to pray for sheep that uh, they're out there bawling around without being a part of the sheepfold. It's not a safe place to be. Well, you, are you saying they can't stay Christian? No, I'm just saying it's the predators out there. It, it's it's risky. It, it's risky, folks. It just is. How many of you know certain parts of of Columbus? You you wouldn't walk down by yourself at night. Is there any places around that you might hesitate? Sure. Yeah, out in front of the church here. Yeah. <laughs> that new one. That new one. Yeah. Over by the church van for sure. <laughs> yeah. By, by the dumpster, you know. Where are the church vans at? You know the the uh, you know there are places that uh, boy you just don't want to be. You say well. Are you saying I can't go there? No, I'm just saying you should be stupid to go there by yourself. And and we live in a time when the sheep need to frequent the sheepfold just because we're sheep and because he's the good shepherd and the door of the sheep. And if the devil wants to get you, they got to go through Jesus. I want to snuggle up close to Jesus because I'm no match for the devil. But Jesus is. And when I'm wearing his armor, the Lord's armor, God's armor, Satan doesn't know who's fighting against him because I'm in God's armor, not mine. Other prayer requests tonight. Well, I almost called on you, Nate, that I thought Sorry. you were just scratching your nose. That, want me to pray for you? <coughs> okay, pray for you. Keep right off. But uh, let, let's go to prayer. Can I have a couple people lead us out in prayer tonight? And I'll close. Yeah, I feel like that. <clears throat> some more, one more. Uh, yeah. Uh, just thinking about our children, our kids in school. Talk about predators. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our kids are uh, walking in the path of the predators every day in schools. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we just didn't need to lift up our kids, mm -hmm. the grandkids. Our Trinity kids. Yeah. Let's have several lead us out in a word of prayer. Even just a brief word to take us corporately. God's sheep just getting close to the throne right now and calling on our Good Shepherd's name. Oh Lord, how can we not praise you tonight? Father, the fact that you know our name, Father God, that you laid down your life for us, mm -hmm. that you paid an extreme sacrifice for us, unworthy as we are, Lord God, you still look at us with eyes of love, with a heart of love, mm -hmm. a desire, Father God, if you will, to bring us closer to you. How can we not praise you, Lord God? 
Father, we're, we're, we recognize our need of a savior, a healer, a provider, one who stands in the gap. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit and for all of your blessings, Lord, that you provide us with, that you endow us with, Father God, to, to walk as you would have us to walk. And Lord God, we recognize the fact that we need your help. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us to keep our minds pure uh, in your word. Lord, tonight I just pray, I, I think about our, our children in this wicked world that we're living in today and the predator that's out there uh, devouring them right and left today, Father God. Pray for our kids here at Trinity, our, our children and our grandchildren here, just within our little congregation, Lord God. And I ask, Father God, that you would just Pay special attention to them as I lift them up to you tonight, Father. And I ask that you bless them and keep them safe. Father, help the parents. Give the parents' wisdom. Give them courage. Father God, we just be, be quick to give you all the glory. Yes. And all the praise today. We just thank you, Lord, to be called your children. And I praise you. Lord, I thank you that you are who you are. The great I am. Lord, we just thank you that you are the door. You are the yes. good shepherd. Lord, I thank you that we can come.
she brought her to this horrific surgery. And I pray, Lord, that you'll just protect. And heal. Good Shepherd, we praise you tonight. That you know us, you love us, you speak to us, you lead us, you guide us, you're there for us, you stand in the gap against the handiwork of the enemy who wants to destroy us. You know us, and yet you still love us.